Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The Biden administration wants to fight climate change by investing billions of dollars into carbon capture, the process of taking carbon dioxide out of the air and burying it underground. However, some environmental justice groups on the left say a focus on carbon capture would give industry political cover to keep polluting instead of reducing emissions. Their argument is gaining traction in communities across the country and could delay the full rollout of billions of dollars in new federal spending on carbon capture. Overall, the issue spotlights how the Biden administration is trying to prioritize both industrial carbon removal and disadvantaged communities. So today, Politico's Allison Prang on why President Biden's carbon capture agenda faces hurdles from the left. It's Wednesday, May 10th. So there is sort of a subset of activists that push for environmental justice that really have a lot of issues with carbon capture. They're worried that it basically gives emitters an excuse to keep emitting instead of focusing on actually cutting emissions. Another issue that came up in my reporting was they're also worried about the safety of transporting the captured carbon dioxide underground via pipelines. That was another issue that people really expressed problems with. They also have skepticism when it comes to direct air capture, which I know some people are sort of less skeptical, but a lot of EJ people we talked to also had questions regarding that. Again, there's kind of this overall concern that if you're able to capture carbon or do direct air capture, that then you're not focusing on actually cutting greenhouse gases. Obviously, there's kind of this overarching agreement in society that we need to do both. But environmental justice advocates have a lot of questions about these technologies. Got it. And so how could this opposition threaten the rollout of billions of dollars in new federal spending on carbon capture that was part of the bipartisan infrastructure bill and the Inflation Reduction Act? So we have environmental justice advocates pushing back against some of these projects around the country. And in some cases, the projects they have concerns about are projects where industry has applied for federal funding. So take Kern County in California in the Central Valley. There is a company, CRC, that one of their subsidiaries has applied for DAC Hub funding through the DOE. And the EJ advocates out there, they're worried about the DAC Hub. They're not 100% sold on it. They have a whole plan of things they want to be considered in that project. In Louisiana, there's a bit of a different situation where they've pushed back against carbon capture projects. And in some cases, environmentalists have pushed local parishes to even pass moratoriums to help slow down sort of the development of some of these projects. One person I talked to at the local level didn't really think that the moratoriums would necessarily stop the project. But I think there is a real concern that they could actually slow them down and that would sort of delay the rollout of federal funding and and if any of these companies are applying for DOE funding for these projects. Yeah, now that you mentioned Louisiana, you you had an interesting case study there that you highlighted. I mean, what did Senator Bill Cassidy, who was very involved with the bipartisan infrastructure law in particular and is invested in the carbon capture hubs, what did he uh, tell you about how, you know, EJ Group's opposition is playing out. Definitely. So Senator Cassidy felt that EJ was what held up the state's application for primacy over their class six wells. So he really 
attributed those groups to sort of delaying the state to getting that classification. They recently, as you know, were granted sort of preliminarily the ability to permit their own class six wells, but there's it still stands to sort of they need to do the public comment period on it still. But the state waited a whole two years for that. And, and Cassidy, when I talked to him, definitely attributed it to environmental justice advocates holding up the process. Interesting. And so overall, this pushback from certain elements of the left is demonstrating the difficulties the Biden administration faces in trying to prioritize promoting carbon capture as a climate tool while protecting disadvantaged communities. So how is the administration navigating that? Yeah, so it's interesting because Biden and his administration have done a lot to try to assuage environmental justice advocates' concerns. The DOE is letting EJ advocates help review applications for some things. They've also done community workshops around the country to sort of work with the community on any questions they might have. So they're definitely trying to extend these olive branches I think for environmental justice advocates, sometimes it's just that they're like I said earlier, they're opposed to the technology. I don't think it's these are people who you, you know, assume probably voted in most cases for the Democratic candidate for president over the Republican candidate. And I think the administration is is trying to sort of cater to a group that that should in theory be their base, but is is sort of rallying up against them in some respects. Also, on Tuesday, the Energy Department kicked off its efforts to make it easier to build large power lines in the United States by designating transmission corridors in capacity-constrained regions. The agency issued a notice of intent and request for proposals that will help guide how DOE determines what regions would benefit most from new transmission to improve resilience against storms or access cheap wind and solar resources cited in remote areas of the United States. Any region designated as a, quote, national interest corridor will have access to federal funding for transmission projects. The designation also gives FERC additional authority to permit a new power line if a state denies a project or fails to act. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Before we go, I want to invite you to Politico's first ever energy summit. Hear from Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, White House National Climate Advisor Ali Zaidi, and more to hear about the new energy transition. Mark your calendars for Thursday, May 18th. See you in person here in D.C., or you can join us virtually. For more details into RSVP, visit www.politico.com slash energy summit. I hope I see you there. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.